I'm Dr. Krista Neff, and you are listening to The Soul of Life. God is not God's real name. Spirituality doesn't shrink and fold itself tightly onto the pages of a how-to manual. The word soul, it's one of those finger-pointing at the moon words. I can't see my soul, I can't see your soul, and yet we all have some sense of what that word means. Russell Siler Jones is a guy who's written a book to help therapists feel more competent and confident about having spiritual conversations with clients. It's close to 90% of the people in the United States think of themselves as spiritual. To leave that out of a conversation in therapy is like leaving one of the best players on the bench. Jones has been a therapist for nearly 30 years and has trained therapists in the use of spirituality for over a decade. Religion is easy to define. Spirituality is very difficult to define. In fact, I've never read or written a definition of spirituality that I really, really liked. He believes that everyone is spiritual. When we talk about the idea of the awakened brain, how there is increasingly well-studied and significant physiological changes in the brain and body that correlate with a spiritual experience. There's a way to ask a spiritual question that has no explicit spiritual language in it at all. And we discuss how to avoid getting over your head theologically in conversations with clients by knowing your own power to explore and use curiosity. If you say God, I'm gonna say God. If you say higher power, I'm going to say higher power. Russell teaches about how it's not possible to separate the spiritual aspects of ourself from the rest of our life. All of this is integrated. So a spiritual experience is a psychological experience, is a somatic experience, it's a social experience. Welcome to the Soul of Life. I'm Keith Miller, and this is episode six of season four, God in Therapy. There is something more than meets the eye. There's something more than what's visible. There was no definition of the mind that anybody had. I'm Keith Miller. That's really weird. Can we swear on this? Something you hear at a swing party. <laughs> that sounds fun. We don't treat trauma. We treat the imprint of traumatic experience. I stood on top of the Olympic podium, very incomplete, not happy, and never ever thinking that I was good enough. Donald watched his older brother be destroyed that way, so he had to exile all the sensitive parts of him. Free soloing is climbing without ropes. Alex was born for climbing. Cannabis use disorder is real. There's no question about it. The, the broccoli growers of America are livid every time that they listen to this part of your podcast. What happens before sex? What happens during sex? What happens after sex? Compassion is contagious. We've got to have cake. Oh my God, I totally am bisexual and that's where I gotta be. He's incredibly successful by just talking shit about people's fried rice. This is the soul of life. Hey, it's Keith Miller. I just want you to know that I've created a bunch of inexpensive and free courses on marriage improvement, mindfulness, and stress reduction. Just head on over to souloflifeshow.com forward slash courses and check out the cool resources there. Again, that's souloflifeshow.com forward slash courses. Russell Seiler Jones has published a book called Spirit in Session. And Russell is a psychotherapist in Asheville, North Carolina. He's the director of CareNet Wake Forest Baptist Health Residency in Psychotherapy and Spirituality. And he's the developer of ACPE's Spiritually Integrated Psychotherapy Program. 
I'm excited to speak with Russell today because he's the author of Spirit in Session, working with your client's spirituality and your own in psychotherapy. Russell Siler jones welcome to The Soul of Life. Thank you, Keith. Happy to be here. It's good to see you. Yeah, you too. We go way back. It was like, maybe feels like 15 years ago, but probably close to like 12 or 13 years that we yeah. trained together down yes. in Asheville where you live. Yes. Yeah. We were in a uh, an IFS couples therapy training. Tony Herbon Blank mm-hmm. led that training. And that was a wonderful experience, actually. And, and um, among the great things, uh, this connection with you. Now, here you are. You, you're wow. I'm just so impressed. You've, you've, you've been. <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're getting ready to disabuse you of that notion. <laughs> <laughs> Don't disappoint me, Russell. Oh, that's all I do all day long. I, I'm going to jump right in because your book, Spirit in Session, I mean, you know, I, I think we're going to talk about spirituality today and, and its yes. role in clinical work. I mean, healthcare practice, Russell, right? This is like we, your audience, I, I think my audience as well, is a lot of people who provide healthcare, mental health care. They're professionals. And yes. bringing up spirituality as a professional, you know, you know, we're trained to be ethically sort of neutral. I think a lot of us are trained yes. not to include spirituality. So I really want to ask you right off right. about how complicated this is. I mean, do you talk about God? Is this, some people hear spirituality, even when p- people hear my, the title of my podcast, The Soul of Life, some people hear that as, oh, well, wait a minute, is that a Christian podcast? And I say, wait a minute, since when does soul like get to be used only by Christians? You know, right. so. Right. Tell me how this, how, how complicated is this topic? Well, in some ways it's incredibly complicated and in some ways it's incredibly simple. Um, just even what you said about the word soul I, I, is instructive, I think, because soul is not the property. The word soul is not the property of any one tradition. Um, and the word soul also, it's one of those finger pointing at the moon words. You know, no, I can't see my soul. I can't see your soul. Um, I can't measure it with a tape measure or weigh it on a scale. So I'm, I'm speaking about the word soul is a word for something that's rather ineffable. And yet we resonate with it. We, 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 we all have some sense of what that word means, some experience or connection with that word. Um, and the topic of spirituality in the different contexts that you just ma- named Mental health care, health care in general, you know, even, even in, in more business or corporate contexts where consideration is, is actually now being given more and more to matters of spirit. Um, when we think of spirit and spirituality, we, if we're going to be engaging that reality or dimension of people's experience, in, in this, in these settings where we're meeting just this grand diversity of humans, then we need a very, very broad understanding of it. Um, particular to my context and yours, the mental health context, most people do get taught 
in graduate school and perhaps even after graduate school in supervisory relationships to be very, very cautious about spirituality. And the, and the caution is sort of twofold. One is you don't want to impose your own values or perspectives on another person, particularly someone who's coming to you in a rather vulnerable state. Um, and, uh, so, so, so you don't want to impose, but you also don't want to get in over your head. And I think a lot of people are taught, like, you can get into deep water very, very fast, and you won't know what to do as a care provider. Um, nevertheless, spirituality is such a core part of the life experience of most everyone who comes to see us. If you, if you just read any, any of the surveys about the percentage of the U.S. population that consider themselves spiritual. It's, it's close to 90% of the people in the United States think of themselves as spiritual. And it's less than that that consider themselves religious. It's around 75% that affiliate or identify in a religious way. But to leave out something so central to how people understand themselves, um, to what motivates people, um, to what they lean on for support, perhaps. To leave that out of a conversation in therapy is really to be, leave, you know, it's like leaving one of the best players on the bench. And uh, so we need a broad understanding of what spirituality means. But I also think we do our clients um, such a service when we are willing to move toward who they are spiritually. So. That's that's kind of that's what I'm about is helping therapists learn to do that, you know, in ways that yeah that that are are ethical, um, that are clinically effective, and helping therapists feel more confident in in doing that. So how how do you define Russell what spirituality is? I got this question in 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 a course that I teach, which I consider to be a spiritual course. I, I teach this course for couples. And it's a IFS intervention called the U-turn, Y-O-U-turn. And I teach people, I say, look, look, everybody, if you're, if you're drinking a six, you know, two six packs every day, uh, if you're, if you're depressed and not in treatment, if you're anxious and uh, anxiety disorder, if you're mentally ill and not in treatment, this ain't going to cut the cake for you. This is a spiritual tool we are, we're, we're doing. It works really well to help you transcend a lot of suffering or be with and tolerate a lot of suffering, but it is a spiritual tool. Like if you're, if you're in poverty and you can't find something to eat today, this is probably not the first thing you ought to be doing. This spiritual thing, it may help. So somebody asked, you know, well, how do you define spiritual? Cause you know, they, they're, they hear that as a, a former religious, you know, evangelical person who is like, Get me away from anything spiritual, and I had to. I had to really break it down for them. So, how do you def define spiritual? Please take the time now to subscribe to the Soul of Life wherever you're listening. Give it a thumbs up or write a positive review. I could honestly talk on. I could answer this question for 20 minutes, and so I'm going to exercise some self-discipline, hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> um, and limit myself to just a few comments. So. First of all, I want to say religion is easy to define. Spirituality is very difficult to define. In fact, I think spirituality, I've never read 
or written a definition of spirituality that I really, really liked. Uh, religion is easy to define. It's, it's the shared beliefs and practices of a group of people. It's pretty, that's, it's pretty straightforward. Spirituality, though, is naming more an inward experience. So when you connect spirituality with the U-turn, people, uh, and in the U-turn, as I understand it, and you may teach it in a, in a different way, but it's whenever I stop looking outside myself at what's wrong and trying to blame or fix my life by fixing something outside myself. And I, and I redirect the, the attention and energy of my gaze inwardly. And, uh, spirituality among the different things I would say about it is it isn't, it has to do with inwardness. It has to do with a sense, our sense of ourselves, uh, something in us that cannot be summed up or tacked down by any of the external ways that we identify ourselves. Um, spirituality, I, you know, I am, I am male. I am white. I am a Southerner citizen of the United States. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a therapist. All those are parts of my external identity. Spirituality has something to do. My, my spirituality is something inside me that is apart from any of those identities. You take any of those things about me away and there's still um, something true about me that's, that's, that stands apart. It's connected to all those things, but it's also not, um, it can't be defined or, or summed up by all those things. Spirituality has to do with our sense of transcendence, like that there is something more um, than meets the eye. There's something more than what's visible. There's, there's more to me than what's visible about me. And there's more to the whole, this whole shebang universe than what is visible. Um, in the book, I, 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 in the book, I'm trying to write for therapists the way therapists and clients talked with each other. So in the book, I say, Spirituality is all the ways you and God relate to each other. And I know that not every reader believes that every person who reads this book believes in God. I know that not every uh, client that I talk with believes in God. And so I'm using God there as a placeholder word. I'm using it intentionally because most of your clients are going to say God. And if you're uncomfortable with that word, I'd like you to be uncomfortable while you're reading the book instead of in the presence of this client for whom that word carries so much meaning and it's so important to them. Uh, but So it, you don't shy away, Russell. Russell, you don't shy away from using the word God as opposed to trying to say, you know, fill in your preferred pronoun, noun, uh, higher power. Uh, you, re you really find it important to use the word that most people use to describe. In the book for a very particular reason I did that. In my actual conversations in my office with people, I am listening for the words they use. And yeah. so um, if if you say God, I'm going to say God. If you say higher power, I'm going to say higher power. If you say intuition or the universe, I'm going to say intuition or the universe. You know, mm -hmm. so I, mm -hmm. I, I think it's very important that we develop an ear for the language our 
clients use and um, if at all possible to to speak to them in that language. And I'm not attached. I, I'll say this. God is not God's real name. You know, <laughs> if whatever, what, if, if, if any word we can think of to, to, to use, uh, whatever God is, it's bigger than those words. It's something beyond our words. It's Would beyond you agree words. that yeah. people who have experienced, uh, spiritual experiences describe it as, um, difficult to describe. Right. As opposed to perhaps a religious, um, and we'll, we'll get into this because I, I, I think we should talk about psychology as a religion and our, uh, the different turf that we claim in psychology. The, uh, the, the, well, I'm a trauma therapist. I'm a this or that therapist. I was speaking with Bessel van der Kolk. Um, I'm very fortunate to speak with him. And he, you know, I said to him, I said, you know, because he wrote this chapter on IFS and he wrote several chapters on other things, EMDR, um, you know, et cetera. And I said, well, you know, uh, I happen to be an IFS therapist. And he said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why did, why are you calling yourself an IFS therapist? You're uh-huh. a therapist who uses IFS. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he was kind of pushing back on this idea that we, we have these religions. So I want to talk to you about that, but, um, yeah, yeah. you know, well, the, you know, what I hear in, in the challenge is the invitation to see yourself as bigger than any meaning system to which you as- ascribe. And yeah. so, uh, a therapy model is a meaning system. We, f- we, we're drawn to them because we resonate with them. We find them useful. Um, and they're, and they're powerful. IFS is, you know, I'm, I'm powerfully drawn to the IFS model. And I think what, if I, I don't, I'm not speaking for, for Bessel van der Kolk, but what I hear in, in, in the way you relay that is he's, he's sort of challenging you and any of us who define ourselves in terms of the meaning system to which we ascribe. We're bigger than that. We're, we're more than that. Yeah. It's so hard to be in, you know, we, it seems like at least my parts, Russell, I, I crave, um, definition. I, I, I like to know, uh-huh. uh, what I am, what I'm not, who you are, who, who you yeah. are not. Yeah. 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 And, and I'm, I'm sort of the opposite. I wouldn't say the exact opposite. Um, I kind of don't want to know, you know, so I, I, I think I'm, I'm sort of in, in on the side of, uh, of what Bessel van der Kolk was saying there. Um, it, 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 it's, it's like whenever, you know, another therapist refers a client to, to you and, 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 and they offer to share some about the client. And it's professionally responsible for me to, to hear that information. But there's a big part of me that doesn't want to know a thing. You want you know, to start from scratch. I want to start from scratch. And, um, but yeah. So it, anyway, I, I, <laughs> There are definitely things in my life that I want to know the the height, width, and depth of. You know, I, I want to know as much about this as I can. And then there are other times when I just want to be met by the mystery of what's of of what's happening right here, right now. Well, well, can I offer you? Uh, I'm going to offer you a, a real sort of a real time, real play situation. Okay, sure. And, and you can and you can tell me and, and everyone that's listening how you would handle this. And okay. I'm going to use n- not a statement from a therapist, uh, from a client, or from myself, but someone who I remember um, 
I studied theology in undergraduate, uh, and I think you did as well, um, yes. or in, in yes. graduate school. And so yeah. one of the people I became acquainted with was Eric Little. He was the one-time record holder for the, for the mile distance race. He's a runner, uh-huh. Uh-huh. fast runner, broke the, broke the record in the mile. And he said, and I want to get your response. You know, if he, if Eric Little was, you know, st- sitting still for a moment in your office and he sure. said, this thing that he said um, frequently, when I, when I run, I feel God's presence. Uh, when I run, I feel God's presence. Yeah. And so how, how do you respond to that? If Eric Little were sitting in my office and, and told me, when I run, I feel God's presence, I would say, whoa, thank you so much for telling me that. Would you be willing to tell me more? Would you yeah. be willing to tell me more about that? And so, and, and I'll, I'll add to my response in just a minute, but I'll say that, first of all, the most important question in therapy that is going to try to integrate spirituality into it is, would you mind telling me more about that? Asking for more. Just, just, yeah, just like, let's, you've, you've risked telling me this that's, that's important. You've dropped this big hint about something that's powerful in your life. Can you tell me more? And and it's important, not just that I know the information, but energy follows attention. So if if someone has a, a practice in their life running that helps them feel connected to this larger energy, to God, the presence of God, just by asking them to pause and give more attention to that. We're increasing the impact and power of that resource in their life. So we ask people to tell us more about things all the time because we'd like to magnify the, 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 the power, the energy, the, mm-hmm. the impact of that resource in their life. Um, it's like you're drawing on curiosity and, and yeah, and... yeah. Right. But, but I guess maybe just to be hopeful, just to add to, to say, I'm not assuming I know what God means to him when he says God's presence. I'm not, I'm not assuming that I have the first clue what Eric Little means by God. And, um, so that's one thing. And, and, but so if I were to ask him to tell me, I ask him, would you tell me more about that? And whatever he says, maybe he doesn't say something about, um, how he can tell that God is present with him. I might ask him that, you know, say, I feel God's presence. Like what's happening in you that lets you know that God is present? Well, I feel a, this warmth in my chest or I feel this glow in my face or I feel this energy radiating just off my body. Um, there's just so much to explore, that, you know, when, when someone makes a statement like that. So, so you wouldn't, you wouldn't say, well, well, Eric is probably the dopamine and, <laughs> and release of adrenaline in your I bloodstream not, because I of would, the cardiovascular. I would not say that. But if Eric said, you know, I bet it's the dopamine, uh, you know, I, I bet dopamine has something to do with it. I would say, well, like, so how do you connect that with God? Is that, is yeah. that, is, is dopamine part of how, how do you understand your body in relationship to God. Right. Right. So, yeah. And, and, and why, why do you think everybody is spiritual? 
Russell. Can, can you, can you oh. work with that a little bit? Like, oh. <laughs> are there exceptions? <laughs> I, I don't think so, but that's a, you know, that is a, a an unprovable statement. Right. You know, I, I do believe everyone is spiritual. Um, it's not, that statement is not provable or disprovable. Although there are people doing magnificent research, um, that, um, you know, using fMRIs and et cetera. And I would refer people, if you want to read more about this, check out Lisa Miller, um, the, the book, The Awakened Brain. She's describing some of the research she's done over the last 25 years in which she does find uh, these um, neurological uh, correlates, or maybe that's not the right word, but th- these these places in the brain that are 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 where the where the oxygen is really really full and rich when people are discussing spiritual things or dealing with um, um, ha- or, or having what they describe as spiritual experiences. So I, that doesn't mean that her research does not prove that there's a God. But her research and the research of others does say that when people are experiencing what they call a spiritual experience, there are neurological and other physiological cor- uh, correlates um, mm-hmm. to those. So I, I do believe everyone is spiritual. Um, I, I think, to use the language of IFS, I think spirituality gets exiled for lots and lots of people. I think there are definitely people who do not experience themselves as spiritual. Um, and I don't try to argue with them or prove to them otherwise, or, you know, I, I, why would I, why would we do that? Right. <laughs> why would we, why would we want, I mean, it, it would be a strong therapist part if I had some agenda to try to need to prove to you that I think you're thinking about yourself incorrectly there. I think you are more spiritual than you let on or than you even know. I, that's not a conversation I have with people, but in my own mind, in terms of the way I, um, understand people and what I'm watching for, what I'm listening for between the lines. Yeah, I, I'm, I am listening. I think people are biopsychosocial, spiritual, and we could also probably add in technological. And I'm listening for that dimension of people's life to speak. Um, and I want to respond to it and make contact with it. So you wouldn't respond like a friend of mine once responded to me when I said to him, and he's a phys- physician. Uh-huh. Uh, I said to him, this was a long time ago, 20 years ago. Uh, I was diagnosed with a hypertension at a very young age. Uh-huh. And the doctor said, this is just what we call idiopathic hypertension. There's nothing wrong with you. This is genetic. This is, we, uh-huh. we don't understand why it gets, it happens, but it's, uh-huh. it's, it's on for you. And I was uh, expressing that to my friend who's a physician. He said, um, Keith, have you thought about this being a spiritual problem? Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I, I loved him and I took that to, to you know, mm-hmm. I took that as well as I could, but it also felt like a slap in the face. Yeah. How come? Like, what, what, what felt like a slap? Well, like, you know, I come to you and I say something like, uh, I've got cancer. Mm-hmm. I've got, well, I've got a disease basically. Yes. I've got hypertension. Right. And, uh, the response is, have you thought about maybe you've, uh, maybe, maybe you have, have not been pleasing to God. Yes. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Have you done something wrong to deserve this? I hear Old Testament. Yes. Right. Uh, judgment. Right. 
Yeah. I think, I think this is a beautiful example of how delicate this topic is, you know? Um, and so because there are, there are people for whom their experience of spirituality and or religion mm-hmm. um, has included understandings of God and humans and explanations of human suffering um, that, you know, for, for, for many, uh, the, 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 that equation of suffering with sin, if, if, if something bad befalls me, it's because I've done something wrong. Um, Book of Deuteronomy. Yeah, yeah. So, so t- to to be very, very careful with that question. But I think there are other ways of fishing in in that same water that are less likely to evoke. I don't. Maybe not less likely. So, so if your friend had said, first of all, you know, I'm 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 sorry. I you know I I, I hate that for you, and and you've got. You know, what, what, in whatever way needed to warm the space between you and let your friend know that, I mean, for your friend to let you know that he does not see you as a puzzle to solve, but he sees you as a human being. Um, and he's relating to you heart to heart. But in, in some court, at some point in that conversation, your friend might ask you, like, how are you thinking about this? Like, what, what does this mean to you? And maybe at some point, um, even um, a question that, like, I know, I know that you're a, a spiritual person. How are you thinking about this spiritually? Mm. Um, that would that would be much more open ended then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then then sort of going right for it. Or even, it, or if let's say your friend knows you're not a spiritual person, mm-hmm. but your friend has a spiritual perspective, and he 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 thinks, well, Keith doesn't think of himself as spiritual, but I believe he is. There's 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 a way to ask a spiritual question that has no explicit spiritual language in it at all. You know, you could your friend could ask you, um, how is this affecting you at the deepest levels? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so I, 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 this is a part of my mission, I guess, <laughs> in talking with therapists and, uh, mm. and, and writing the book is to help people understand there are ways to talk about spirituality without saying any explicitly spiritual word. And until you know a, 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 some bit about the person you're talking with and who they are spiritually and what their background is, history is, and current beliefs and perspectives and values are, it's best to wade into that water using implicit language rather than explicit language. So even using the word spiritual is an explicitly spiritual word. If I haven't used it first, and if, if you haven't heard me use it, yeah. so you, you might, it's almost like you have these baby steps um, that, yeah, that's that right. you're, you're coaching and encouraging the, 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 the healer mm-hmm. in this case, or the, the, the person counseling the advisor to to make use of and not have to go right to so direct so quick. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, that feels better. You know, I, I can, I can hear what you, <laughs> does it? You know, yeah, yeah it does. Right. It, it makes right. me interested in why you're asking. Uh huh. You know, isn't that, isn't that interesting, Russell, right? So the first response, his, his, 
take on, if we use that as an example, makes me sort of like uh, uh-huh. assume that he's coming from a place that I'm not really comfortable with. Uh-huh. Like and he has defensive. an agenda and he would it's like you agenda. to, he has a, he's, he's trying to lead the witness to That's a right. particular. There's a, there's a train coming through and I got to get on this. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. So versus the way you presented it, it's like, where is he going? Uh-huh. I wonder, I start to wonder and get curious. So your curiosity almost, you know, stimulates my curiosity. Yeah. And then yeah. I start to ask you more about what you're asking about. What What do you mean? And uh, yeah. Hmm. Cool. Well, you know, the, 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 to me, like if I, if I, from, from 10,000 feet, I think the point of therapy is to help people become a deeper witness to their own lives, the truth of their own lives, and to help them access wisdom uh, and agency to do in their life whatever needs doing so that the life they live is feels more worth living to them. And so any <laughs> almost any question we ask, I think it ought to be serving one of those agendas. Like, mm-hmm. does it help deepen this person's curiosity about, about their own life? Does it help them step out of some of their prior assumptions, which may not be serving them into like a here and now truth? And it's not, maybe this isn't what I wish it were or what I used to think it was, but here's what this, here's what's actually happening and what, and how I understand it. And then like, so what needs to happen now? You know, that, that question invites wisdom. What, uh, what role does playfulness have in spirituality? Well, I wish I could think of something playful to say right now. Sometimes, you know, I am approaching myself and the other person and my circumstance with a bit of, with a degree of seriousness. Like, let me figure this out. Let me just work hard. And, uh, so yeah, I think when, when, when the liberation happens, whenever there's some expansiveness and freedom, then often playfulness comes with that. Uh, but but I declare I, I wish I could think of something playful to say and I don't think I can. <laughs> not on the well, spot. Uh, see, not on the spot. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard when you're put on the spot. I'll give. I'll, I'll think of an example. As you were thinking that through, I I I thought of. I don't know why this flashed in my head, but I, I'll, I'll again toss out this 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 scenario and let you Good. let you sort of teach on it. Um, when I was in college, went on a service trip to Haiti, yeah. and. Um, and we were we were working really hard. It's very hot there. We found a, a river we could jump into off of this little cliff, and we're we didn't have bathing suits, so it was just the guys. We took our all of our clothes off, jumping in, and uh, we come back out to find our clothes, and they're gone. Uh huh. We're like, <laughs> uh, okay. So we're we're looking around. So the girls on the trip had taken our clothes. Oh my! Oh my! <laughs> so, and so we had, you know, like we found the girls and we found the clothes. Yeah. <laughs> so you can imagine how that, um, how playful, right? Yeah. That is. Yeah. 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 For real. No, that, that, that's a mo- that, that's high play right there. That's and high spiritual, spiritual foreplay. Or, or I was going to, I was going to say, <laughs> we could call it foreplay. That's right. That's right. That's right. So the more playfully I can relate to my own body, perhaps, that's a bit healthier than trying to sculpt or 
relate to my body in such a way to try to get it to uh, come into alignment with some standard. We absorb messaging like crazy about what our bodies are supposed to be and like we're like we're supposed to wear clothes. Like, come on. Yeah, like that too. Like, well, actually, so clothing is a technology. You know, right. technology is not just these computers that we're talking on, but the glasses I'm wearing is a technology. The shoes I'm wearing, the clothes I wear, that's a technology. A technology is anything that humans have created to, for some useful purpose. But technology shapes who we are. You know, our sense of ourself is different when we're wearing clothes than when we're not. So I, I want to reference people to Dr. D- Daniel Siegel's um, episode that I did with him talking about, because he's a pioneer, a well-known pioneer in um, neurobiology and the science of the brain. And even he's, you know, he's been doing this a while, but he agrees with this assessment that all of this is spiritual work. And I just find that astounding. Well, we talk wrongly about spiritual if we think it's like a section of our being, like, you know, I've got a garage, I've got a kitchen, you know, I've got a bedroom. Um, and I, so I've got a, I've got a body, I've got a mind, I've got a spirit as if any of these things are separate. We, we, we speak of them distinctly just to be able to speak of them. But in an actual human being, this is every, all of this is integrated. All of this is integrated. So a spiritual experience is a psychological experience, is a somatic experience, it's a social experience. Um, a social experience is a physical experience, is a psychological experience, is a spiritual experience. You know, you, 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 you can't pull the spiritual thread out of us. You know, if you, I'm going to, I'm going to use a, a church word right. here because for people who, who are church people out there listening, yeah. but you remind me that you know, my wife's a school teacher and uh-huh. sometimes I will say to her, as a former churched person myself, you are doing the Lord's work uh-huh. in that school. Yeah. And she's teaching yeah. kids how to read books. Yeah. That's right. Right. Um, that's right. It's a spiritual act. That's right. Yeah. The, the, our, our spirituality is uh, just to speak hyperbolically, it's 1% what we believe and think is 99% how we live our life. And, you know, our, 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 is our, our lives animated by compassion and kindness and truthfulness, um, humility, wonder. Um, it's, it's, it's not, it's not, (laughs) it's not what you say. It's, it's, or, or think it's the impact it has on, on, on your life. Well, hey, if, if the, the monks that I, one of the monks that I spoke to in another episode, uh, in, in my hometown of Spencer, Massachusetts, if they can decide as a monastery, uh, these are Cistercian monks, um, that brewing beer is a spiritual practice, then I think we can probably fairly broadly define spiritual practices in all of our life. Your spiritual, your, a spiritual practice is whatever you do with some degree of, intentionality and regularity that takes you to the deeper place and that opens for you the deeper way. Russell, is there a, a, a website or a place people can find you? Anything you want to share with guests? Thank you. Uh, I do have a website, russellsilerjones.com. Um, you've, you've graciously, Keith, 
Name, spoken the name of my book several times. It's available wherever you buy your books. Spirit in Session. Uh, and then for therapists, something I would want you to know about is a training program that I developed, wrote curriculum for through a national organization, ACPE. ACPE is a 60-year-old organization that trains therapists in integrating spirituality into the work of therapy. And it also trains um, uh, people preparing for ministry and chaplaincy. Um, but 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 there's a a 30-hour curriculum. There's also beyond the curriculum for people who are interested um, a certification in spiritually integrated psychotherapy. Uh, you can find that at acpe.edu. And maybe just for a there may just be one person here in this who for to whom this might. Uh, apply, but I want to do it. I also work, run a training program for an organization in North Carolina called CareNet. CareNet is an affiliate of the Wake Forest Baptist Health System. It has outpatient counseling centers across the state. And there's a training program for associate licensed therapists who can get hired and get paid and do clinical work at a CareNet center but also receive training in spirituality and psychotherapy. So it's the res CareNet residency in psychotherapy and spirituality. I started that program 14 years ago. And um, honestly, the people who've come through that program as residents have been amazing people, and they're the people who taught me how to teach this. So uh, those are those are things I would want people to know about, you know, because you, you, they, 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 they might find any of those useful. I really appreciate that and the work that you're doing, Russell. The website again is Russell Siler, Jones.com. Yes. Russell, thanks for being with me today. Keith, thank you so much for sharing your platform with me. Hey, I've started a community for Soul of Life fans interested in talking about episodes or getting more information about some of my teaching on IFS, mindfulness, and relationship growth. Head on over to community.souloflifeshow to get access to this group of really cool people just like you who care about the show and want to talk about episodes or, or hear more, get access to courses and, and support each other through life. That's what this is all about. Please leave an iTunes rating for the show and subscribe now wherever you listen to get more soul in your life. I like it and it's not harsh to my eardrum. All right, I will go. 